Welcome to episode 283 of the No Proscenium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the No Pro headquarters, aka the kitchen table here in Los Angeles. This week on the show, uh, very excited about who our guest is. It is Sarah Ellis, uh, the director of digital development for the Royal Shakespeare Company. She is here to talk about the RSC's dream which is this incredibly ambitious research and development project that they are sharing, sharing while it's in R&D with us all next month. Uh, The tickets just went on sale this week at dream.online. And sale, well, for some of the tickets is almost a misnomer because there are a lot of seats every night for those who just want to watch the production. And there's about 2,000 seats a night for 10 pounds. Uh, a piece. It is. This is happening in England, so we're using pounds and not dollars. Um, <laughs> Ten pounds each, uh, which are participatory or audience plus seats, uh, who have um, who have a, a bit of agency in the world. We we talked to Sarah about what that means, uh, what they've done. Uh, you know, this whole bringing actors into Unreal Engine and creating worlds and and everything. We also held a little um, a little session in Clubhouse uh, soliciting questions from everybody. Uh, it was the first time we did that and so I didn't I didn't tag whose questions was what and we didn't use everybody's questions, but I think that Sarah ultimately winds up answering all the questions that everyone had. Um, so there you go if you were if you jumped into that session. That's something we might uh, play around with a little pre-podcast action. Um, I have a, well, let's, let's do, let's do the housekeeping. And then I have a note on, on some stuff about, uh, just the, the, the flow of this particular episode. So, uh, want to give a shout out real quick to our latest backers. Uh, that would be Sebastian Burton and Will Cherry. Will, who's coming back uh, on as a Patreon backer. Will, who also sort of writes for us. Uh, and, uh, which always leaves me in the, the really weird position of having people who provide us with labor, uh, giving us money, which is just weird. But one day, one day, it'll be the reverse. Uh, I look forward to that day. Our sustaining backers here at No Persinium are Ari Hurston, Brittany, Elaine, Emily Gillette, Lonnie Hanson, Paul F., Mark Balthazar, Samuel Mustry, Sydney Guillory, and Jan Budman. Uh, thank you all for keeping us going. Uh, if you would like to help keep us going, and we do need the help, patreon.com slash noproscinium. Now, before we get into the interview, uh, I have to offer a apology for uh, the quality of what you're about to hear. Um, We had many an issue getting this one together. Um, We we had to move it around uh, just because schedules are what they are. And we are dealing with me talking to Sarah, who's in England. And so it's like we've got this narrow window in the mornings where we can do this thing. And we tried one platform and we were having issues with that one. So we switched on to another platform, finally got it going. You will hear on Sarah's track, there's this like high pitched tone that kind of comes in sometimes. Um, And then uh, when I opened up the, the file today, I found out that my audio was clipping the entire time. 
Now, the good news is, is that I talk a little bit less in this episode because I hadn't had my coffee yet than I do in most episodes. But still, uh, I have drawn back the audio, but my voice will be distorted. Uh, Am I colossally disappointed in the uh, technical um, specifications of this particular episode? Oh, you bet. Oh my God, you bet. Like, hi, we get to talk to the RSC and, um, and, and the audio is shite. Um, but my audio is worse than Sarah's at least. So, uh, which, you know, I guess is, uh, kind of good, right? Like I was worried about Sarah's audio cause of that tone and then turns out that mine's even worse. So, you know, uh, w- whatever it takes to make our guests look good is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> I found the culprit. Uh, just so, not that you care, but the culprit was the fact that the input on the Mac was like jacked up way high uh, because, of course, you know, the last time I was in Discord, no one could hear me. So I had to like drag that up so that people could hear me. So suffice to say, I'm really tired of the pandemic. I would like to record people in person again. Thank you very much. And I understand that recording someone who's in England in person uh, is, you know, not something we'd normally be able to do. But, you know, yeah, maybe if I was a little less casual with the machines. Um, I'm smiling right now. And that silence was just me giving this very pained smile. So, um, nevertheless, uh, I recommend this one, uh, not in headphones basically, uh, cause you'll hear all the, you know, you'll hear the audio issues more than you'll hear what we're saying and what's being said is great. So, uh, Yeah. Uh, that's, that's on that. Sometimes the bear eats you. Um, if you know what that reference is to, uh, remind me because it's just buried in my memory banks without any real tags on it. All right. Um, you want to hear this still, (laughs) so I'm going to let you hear it. But, uh, if you're just like, oh boy, I don't know. Uh, just, just go, just go to dream.online, snag yourself a ticket, um, this, um, just, this is a reminder, this is a research project that's being shared with all of us. There's going to be a lot learned from it. Uh, and that's, that's the mindset you should go in with. And we are lucky to have organizations, institutions like the Royal Shakespeare Company experimenting boldly in public like this. So jump on in, uh, and then let's all talk about it afterwards. Um, more next week on some fun stuff that's brewing in the future that'll take place after uh this show runs uh not about this show probably maybe i don't know um but uh, we've got a few things uh in uh, the cookbook and uh there's a lot of stirrings out there in the community and we will take a look at uh at some of that stuff soon enough and i'll talk to you a little bit on the back end let's go So Sarah, uh, as we were talking before we started recording, which took us forever to do because the machines were being obstinate, um, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are, uh, what, 29 days out from uh, from the premiere of Dream? That's right, 29 days and one hour, according to the clock countdown at this current moment in time on our website. So yeah, 
it's not that I'm counting the days or the hours even, but yes, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's the website's doing it for you, which uh, I'm sure yeah. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure there'll be discussion with the team the next time we do one of these about whether or not there's a countdown. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> been a lot of interest in this project uh from from our community here at no proscenium uh but just on the off chance that someone is is tapping into this and uh doesn't know what it is could could you could you tell folks what what it is you're making right now oh dream is a performance in real time um inspired by uh the play by william shakespeare midsummer night's dream um, and we're performing the play um, using live motion capture technology, um, but performed through a web player and web WebGL and effectively um, creating the show um, for people on their desktop, mobile and tablet um, coming live from a motion capture studio in Portsmouth in the UK. Um, and it's going to be a delightful experience where you will be led into the world of the play through the character of Puck. Um, it won't be the full Shakespeare play at all. It'll, it's a completely new um, interpretation and experience, looking at the natural world, looking at the world through the lens of the spirits um, in, in the play. And it will take you on a journey. And as audiences, you can sit back, relax, and watch it passively. On your on your devices at home or if you want to get a bit closer um, there's a really beautiful way you can interact by being a firefly um, and for a small amount of audiences they'll be able to be fireflies and work with puck but not giving too many spoilers away we've just created a show that you're going to be able to see through the internet in March. we um we talked to to sort of our, our community uh we we dropped into clubhouse which is like all the rage right now um on social media and uh asked them what questions they might have for you so i'm gonna i'm gonna pepper uh some of those questions in as as we um we, we they sort of naturally come up so people had a lot of questions were very curious about you know how much agency they were going to have as fireflies i think people were responding really well to the idea of being a firefly but but they were kind of wondering like when you when you get one of those audience plus tickets you know are are you are you moving independently in the space or or what i'm not sure what you guys are, are willing to tell folks but people are very curious as to what they're going to be doing you'll um so you'll get some interactivity um spoilers just before the show and we'll talk you through that a little bit um but you'll be working together and you'll be working with puck so it's not like you going into the space and exploring as your own firefly I think one of the things that we found when we were looking at this piece before we even started making it was we did a huge piece of audience research asking audiences what what they wanted at this time particularly in pandemic and what they were craving and and overwhelmingly it came back togetherness and liveness so we're really coming from that spirit in this particular performance and what we're curious about is can we find that connection a by being together passively and watching something together but are there elements to interactivity that allow us to be more together or or know we are together have a knowingness around that so mm. it's not a, it's not an experience where you are a firefly and you explore the world just on your on your own um it's certainly a performance that is on rails and you are connected 
with the actors. And I think, again, if you look at it from a different lens and the lens of the actors, they kind of, those fireflies let the actors know that the audience is present. So there's a sort of relationship between the actors and audience that we're really interested in, in, in exploring as a form of research and development. It's important to say this production is research and development and you're taking part in, in an experiment with us to see how that lands. And um, again, one of the really important things, particularly at this time, is theatre makers finding new forms of connection when we can't be together in person. And, and for the actors, there'll be a video LED screen in, in, in the studio in Portsmouth and they will see where the fireflies are in real time. So that's what we're sort of testing is the, the feedback loop there. And that's the sort of way we're approaching interactivity in this context. This this volume that that has been set up, I'm um, and the fact that there's a video screen in it where people can the actors can see the the audience feedback in real time. I'm I'm very excited about this because when the volume that uh, the Mandalorian is made on was first described to me uh, by people who are working on on that show and saying like, no, you've got to see this thing. And I'm like, I know, can you get me in? And they couldn't get me in. Uh, <laughs> like, my, my first thought was, how could this be used uh, for theater? And here you guys are, you know, we're, we're 18, no, we're not even 18 months. We're 14. 18 months after the premiere of that show uh and already you're using it for theater the, this these these tools and, and technology i wonder if you could talk about um taking the immersive tech and, and bringing it into theater that's right so um it's important to say that um this is part of a fund called audience of the future which is funded in the uk by UK Research and Innovation, Innovate UK, and we're specifically looking at how we embed immersive technologies into live performance. So it's in that spirit that we're, we're making this show um, as a form of R&D. And um, uh, in terms of the technologies, obviously, when we did the Tempest, production of the Tempest back in 2016 with Intel, we were using um, Epic Games, Unreal Game Engine. We were using motion capture sensors to create a character on our, what I'd call our main stage, our traditional stage. So it's very much a, in the spirit of that which we've developed and used the technologies. But in this particular performance, we're sort of not only looking at real time and, and the challenges of latency, but we're also looking at connectivity and interactivity. And um, so we have a in a pandemic, we have managed to do an entire pop-up studio working with our partners at the University of Portsmouth um, with 48 um, Vicon motion capture sensors with five actors in the volume socially distanced together. Um, all may, the work being made in, in the Unreal game engine, um, live show control um, from, from Unreal. And that's really interesting from a theatre performance perspective that we'll be running the show. Uh, using live show control in that way um, and and then through through a web player with a webgl um, component for the interactivity um, we're sort of experimenting with a wide range of sort of immersive technologies however what's really important at this moment in time is that there's a huge digi digital inequity out there about what devices people have in their homes so we've made the conscious decision to put it on desktop, mobile and tablet because 
that's the technology that the majority of our audiences and other audience audience members have. Um, so in a way, we're really interested in this moment for now, but how it could translate to VR or AR in the future. But but um, yeah, that it's those levels of yeah, we are theatre is, is coming through a different lens, similar technologies that are used in the Mandalorian and other other industries, film and broadcast, and I think that's super interesting. It creates a wider, more diverse range of diverse approach to looking at how we apply those technologies. And I think I think that's can only be a good thing. I think. Well, I know we talked before some of the stuff because it's coming out of uh, of this program and the grants. Uh, at least some parts of what you're developing are are going to be unleashed uh, on on the public. Right? Is that did I get that? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So um, particularly, it's really important to us as a arts and cultural organisation that we share the learnings and the and the work um, with our communities and our artists. So after March, when we've done this performance and um, experiment and heard back from our audiences as well, we'll be sharing all of all of what we've learned um, through our website and documentations and presentations, talks and all of that. We'll be sharing that with our sector. Um, everyone um to to share what we've learned and, and what we did and you know in any any show in any performance we what we put in there was a huge amount of r&d that we we haven't managed to get into the performance and there were a huge amount of people involved over the last few years as we've explored this so um, as much as dream is a performance for now um there's a huge amount of r&d that went in and some many many brilliant people that and we haven't been able to work with at this moment because of the pandemic, but we're also making sure that there's a spotlight on all the different work prototyping that happened over the past few years. Yeah, because the, the, I remember the original version of this pre-pandemic, you guys were going to do a, an LBE experience and we're sort of leaning into uh, headsets a bit, right? That's right. We um, we were due to perform this show last summer, last June in Stratford-upon-Avon as an LBE uh, with a real-time connection on, um, online. And as soon as the pandemic hit, we had to stop production and do a complete pivot. But also, you know, with the theatres being shut, it was a it was a huge challenge for us to reimagine um, what this could be to an online audience and you know the way the funding worked it was really important we delivered um it delivered the work so the first thing we did was a huge piece of audience research and consultation um that allowed us to ask the question about what audience where audiences were at and what they wanted and then alongside that the the the, the work you know we had to grieve the piece that we couldn't make and also had to recognize that we couldn't work with the volume of people that we had you know when we were working on the ground in Stratford we've had to really go to a really of as tight team as possible on the ground for COVID safety reasons and also create something remotely um, has been a huge challenge and, and a massive amount of learning for us around around all of that so um you know, it's in that spirit that the, the show is the show for now, but but there was so much R&D that went into it that we will showcase after Dream has been performed in March, uh, and we will share all of that. One of the questions I got from from the community that I that I absolutely loved was about, you know, how, how are you guys training the actors or how are the actors uh, adapting their process to this 
this new form because there's there's the one part of it that's about you know actors in in mocap and i'm and i'm wondering if you've got people who've just worked in mocap before and that's that's one solve for that but this whole uh level of uh having actors in front of the screen and interacting and 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 taking cues off what uh the the fireflies are doing so um, i'm wondering about the discovery level on that part of the process yeah, I mean, that's happening at the moment in rehearsal and it's really interesting. And I think that, um, you know, you're kind of putting together a film and a piece of theatre at the same time, which, you know, applies loads of different ways of working. But but for us, the live performance only comes alive when we have the actors and the audiences connecting. So super interesting. I think what's also what we're finding in rehearsal is the actors physicality changes so much as soon as they get their avatar so as soon as they get their digital character their skin their costume that they work with it adds a whole new um, lens to the performance and their their individual performance so um, they've got a lot of layers there in terms of interpretation and embodying the experience and embodying their performance um, and I, I'd say that you know good acting is good acting um, and that's never lost and that's always at the heart of the performance I think what the actors will be enjoying in this process is it, it allows them to reimagine, rethink, um, and sort of look at look at how they perform those parts um, using different parts of their acting portfolio, if you know what I mean, and their skill set. So um, yeah, I, I think I think they're in the middle of that at the moment, but in many ways they won't, you know, until we get that audience connection there. That it will, you know, more things will happen, and, and that's that's only an exciting thing, I think. And for them to be part of that experiment with us and feed that back to us is so important. There was another question since we're on the actors that came out of the community um, was about uh, the casting, the casting and and representation, and because that's such a it's kind of such a charged discussion in in theater at the moment. Um, and and then there's also this level of, uh, you know, the the actors are performing in in digital characters, and so I'm I'm kind of wondering, uh, are, are these are these even are these even humanoid? I mean, how much of the of the actor's physicality comes comes into and and the actor's identity is is pushed through the digital characters? Um, is this more like mask work that they're doing that the character has like, you know, it's, it's own physicality that the actor is then kind of, you know, discovering through interaction with that skin, or is this more like digital makeup and the, the actors can be really identified? Um, I think what we love about this performance is it's really the, each character is so different. I mean, Puck, I'm not wanting to give too many spoilers away, but you'll see Puck in real person as a real real person, and you'll see Puck as their avatar. Um, and that's a beautiful sort of you know look at connection and and between those two things. The the characters that we're focusing on, the the spirit world, the fairies, um, are are please blossom, mustard seed, moth, cobweb. What I love that the creative team have done, particularly Robin and, and Pippa in the in the script and the and the devising of this is that they're playing with scale. So we have a character the size of the earth and the forest, 
also then have a character the size of an acorn cup. So we're playing with scale in ways that we wouldn't normally do necessarily without that digital avatar being able to achieve that. And that's, that's what I think is interesting is we're not doing a digital avatar skin completely you know, mapped onto an, an actor like for like really playing with that so we're definitely approaching it as a form of puppetry we're definitely approaching it a form as a, as a form of embodiment and also each character is different each character has a different form of phys physicalization of their their character and uh, I think that's playful I think that's enjoyable and I think that for an audience I think they'll I think they'll feel yeah it will be it will be delightful to experience the different scale of the forest the natural world and get that through the characters i'm going to take us in a, in a totally different direction and get a little wonky on the technical side of things um mm -hmm. the, the, you're working in unreal engine and unreal is often gorgeous uh i think it was just yesterday they dropped that whole metahuman yeah. thing they're doing which is kind of redonkulous like they they're they they've made almost perfectly photoreal digital, you know, human characters that can be altered in a browser now. And I know that's not what you guys are doing, but it's still the, 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 the raw power of Unreal can be a lot. And, and this is going to be a, a streaming setup. So one of the questions coming in was, uh, how, how's the, this, the streaming of the Unreal imagery working? Uh, because it's it's a it's a little bit more intense. Uh, someone noted that like Marshmallow Laser Feast has had a lot of success with pixel streaming. So I admit that at a certain point, my own technical abilities like failed off. This was coming from one of our guys who who does like mocap and pixel streaming stuff. So uh, I just probably butchered Will's question, but yeah, I mean, how how is this managing to come down the pipe? I mean, I. I know that, like, you know, they can get really high-end video games onto my phone uh, through streaming. So, um, yeah, how how is that part working at all? I don't know, Noah. That's like the magic and witchcraft, right, behind the, behind yeah. the, behind the developer yeah. work. I mean, gosh. Uh, yeah, you know, we're working with Marshmallow Laser Feast for a reason. We love we love the design of their work, but and also they, you know, they love our, our work to, if you know what I mean, in what, in what we've um, developed over the years at the RSC. So, you know, you are going to experience something on that level. I, I would say it's not going to be human realistic, if you know what I mean. That's the, because we're deliberately going into the forest and the spirit world. So, uh, you know, aesthetically, it's going to be in that sense. We're definitely going to be looking at particles. We're definitely, it's real time. It's real time. So, you know, we and we're also accessing this in people's phones and desktops and so we have to make it work for the pipeline that we have um, and that, those are the platforms that we're, we're focusing on so you know obviously there are constraints around around that but we'll work with that and the work that I've seen come through is, is truly beautiful um, and and I think just a bit yeah just really unexpected so um, it's, yeah, that's that's my non-technical answer for you um, on yeah. that and on achieving that, um, and without having too many spoilers in, in what it will look like. Um, I think yeah. some of it will have like th there are different sort of scenes of the forest too. There's different acts in this, and and they will look and feel different as well. So you know, mm -hmm. it, it won't be a homogenized approach to the design. Okay.
Yeah, like it, the the funny thing about sort of on the technical side where we're at with these, the ability to like kind of throw some heavy duty, heavy duty real time graphics down the pipe. Um, there've just been some leaps and bounds in the past couple of years. Um, I uh, over the Christmas break, I, I, you know, I was streaming from a, some server somewhere. I was streaming a very high end. Uh, new video game onto my iPhone via the internet and was playing it in real time. And that almost completely broke my brain. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, like the, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the fail point was my Wi-Fi, not, you know, not, not yeah. the, not how fast things were, were throwing down the pipes. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm desperately curious to see how this stuff plays out. Um, we also had a question about the the audio, um, and I know I know there's a whole thing going on with the the actors being able to interact with the score in real time. Yeah, that's right. So in elements of the um, elements of the performance, we'll be using a technology called Gesturement, uh, which has been developed by Jesper Norden, the composer, and we'll be using some of his original score and soundtrack within the experience. It's really nice that we've been able to collaborate with the Philharmonia Orchestra because um, that allows us to to sort of bring the audio world um, in this particular context in, in, a, in a really new way for us and as theatre makers. Not often you get to collaborate with an orchestra and Esa Pakasalanen has um, graciously um, conducted uh, the orchestra and I can't again give too many spoilers away on what, what music will be um, Using, but but it's been a really special part of the collaboration, and for the actors to be able to use gesturement to to move the music around physically, again, it's another form of um, use of immersive technologies and and ways that we can imagine a world of a performance and and have that completely integrated um, into into what we're what we're putting together. That the audio is such an important component and often missed. Um, when we when we develop um, you know, work using technologies, but some of the best performances um, using immersive tech have been audio led, in, in opinion, over the last few years. So um, it's it's a really it, we're testing and playing with it in the performance, and it's coming together really well. Are, are you guys playing around with spatialized audio as part of this, or or, uh, or the gesturements, the the, the, the yes. core experiment? Testament's the main thing at the moment, and I think that um, uh, uh, that's, that's definitely the technology that the Philharmonia have have really brought into play here. We're also, you know, um, we'll be playing playing with um, different elements. It, it will be um, an experience that you will enjoy more with a set of headphones, no doubt. You know, um, to make you feel completely immersed. There are a lot of moving parts to this one, and there are a lot of experiments going on inside of it. Um, I wonder if you could, how do you guys decide what what makes the cut as you're envisioning one of these these sort of performance experiences? Because I'm just I'm going through the checklist here of all right, actors on a mocap stage, uh, going in live audience feedback coming through via via led screen gesturement uh you know mixed in you know into what the actor's performance um you know digital characters like the, the it starts to stack up to be a lot you know ten thousand you know people 
getting it streamed, you know, at a, at a throw. Um, how 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 do you all decide? Okay, this is this is how far we're willing to push things at a moment, or is it a bit of all right? How much can we cram in? <laughs> I think if um, I think that's the really hard thing for a creative process, isn't it? And it happens it happens on every creative process. I think you start with the image of the thing you want to make a long way out, and all its different possibilities. And then when you get refining it and you get in rehearsal and you get into the making of it, there's a moment where you go, does this work? You know, why is this in the show? What is this doing for the story? Is it moving the story forward? You really have to be quite, um, yeah, it's a hard process to go through. And I think that um, what's the different approach that we've, we've got here with Dream is, it is it's research and development. It's not going to be, we're not doing it as this is the production of and this is your shiny finished um, performance. It's, it's, it's a kind of an experiment with an audience in real time. Um, and so it's really important for us to, to use the tech and play with it and see how an audience connect with us. But at the same point, um, you can't use every single element as otherwise the story and the, and the, the, the narrative don't make sense. You know, it's, there's got to be a purpose for that. We know that you always have to be led by the story. Um, otherwise, you're, you're showcasing technology, which is the real, the hardest thing, I think, around research and development. So you know, for everything that's gone into this show and that you'll see, there are about, you know, there are so many different things that, that haven't gone in or could have gone in. Um, and that's, again, while I go back to celebrating the brilliant humans that have um, been part of the audience of the Future Project all the way through and all of the different um uh, gaze sort of um, aspects on that and that's what I really really want to share after dream is the things that didn't get in as well as the things that did get in and also showcase a lot of really talented people's work um often you know we we put a performance out there but we want you know you want to celebrate the people that have you know sort of are indeed and and wondered in the, in their imagination about what the possibilities could be so I'm quite keen to do that and, and what we put in the performance for Dream is the right thing for the play in how in how the creative team um, have imagined it, I think. How, how has the creative team um, embraced this stuff? Like, I, I, can, I can imagine, like, a couple of ways it goes. Like, one, you know, folks trying to, like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to put on a show through, through this stuff and, like, I want to try and do the things I know how to do. And then another way where it's just kids in a candy store, uh, you know, mm. just 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 taking a toy and twisting it. And it's like, oh no, not like that. And then then you know, it breaks or it turns out it does something that they didn't know it did. So yeah, how's how's that going? And also working. In yeah. Uh, Ooh. For, for a second, I lost you. I, it's, yeah, it was, it was a perfect yeah. pandemic work because we're also working in pandemic, and then you just dropped <laughs> it. And go, yeah, we really are. Are we? We're totally in a pandemic. And, yeah, with the creative team, um, one of the sadnesses I had around the, the performance in Stratford upon Avon and, and the brilliant creative team we had delivering it is that we couldn't bring everything from that show into the pivot to the to the digital performance, and so. We um, we had to scale back all of that quite quite um, quite a lot, and so we got a very small creative team and, and went back to 
um, the, the sort of core elements. And it was really clear Robin from Marshmallow Laser Feast um, creatively directing and working alongside our head of literary Pippa Hill was the sort of like nucleus of the, the pivot that, that we went on. And Pippa comes from, you know, obviously a, a theatre background and, and works with so many amazing writers, um, creating new work for the RSC and championing narrative and story. And, and, and Robin coming from his background of um, immersive content at Marshmallow Laser Feast, they needed time together to imagine um, imagine what this performance could be. And that, that, that connection between those two people has been at the core and the nucleus of, of how the work's developed and come through. And, you know, they come, there's such respect between the director and writer here that it's, um, it's really evolved. And, you know, the learning process all the time between them and then to then bring in Sarah Perry, the movement director, it's just this very, very tight um, creative team that are kind of like looking at, um, you know, a sort of cube, if you know, of, of the performance. And so um, it's not sort of like bringing in the tech for tech's sake. It is very much bringing in their different expertise of ways of telling the story um, in this in this way. And um, I think that's been a real delight. And I think. Um, that they will each had their ownership of of how this how, how dream will land and and then to collaborate with the audio so integrally on it um, has been really important but that's how the that's how it's evolved for us at this particular time well i know that i am incredibly eager and i know a lot a lot of folks are incredibly eager watching watching how many people just like clicked on like the press release alone and then just the 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 level of chatter and the level of folks declaring like I got my tickets um, <laughs> has been has been a lot of joy uh, to watch that kind of, kind of spread throughout the, the the whole community we have here. Um, Sarah, is there is there anything else you think people should should know going in? I know there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of being cagey about what, what folks are going to see inside the box. Uh, but yeah, anything else they should prep themselves for? Um, oh, and I guess there was there was one kind of like. Um, is there a recommended setup? Because I think that's something that people have been asking a lot. Yeah, before we go to anything else, yeah, is is there is there sort of like a, a whether it's for the phone or for the, the a laptop, kind of like you know the, the the best route through for folks? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it it would be you know if you've got headphones, I think you'll enjoy the experience. If you're if you're experiencing it on your own, I think headphones and a and your desktop um, will be absolutely gorgeous, and you'll and you'll really enjoy it. I think that's probably your optimum experience um, um, there in in practical terms. I think what's really important to state is that it's really rare you get an opportunity to embark as an audience on an experiment and form of R and D. Often in our industries, we put out the sort of product of product later and we never really ask our audiences what they think or come with us at an early stage and I think it's so important to contextualize that performance this performance in that way and the fact that we've made this in a pandemic for now and pivoted and I think that's also really important to share that that, that actually what has gone the love of love of what's gone in to make this work the people that have been involved the people that can't be involved because of a pandemic 
so important when we we experience this work together and i think that the spirit of intent around the interactivity is a real starting point for us so you know in terms of when we experience this what we suppose what i've like from the past few days of um going on sale and the press release and all of that and the noise around it um a couple of when i've spoken to our box office staff and heard from them how that's gone on um that's been really the most moving moment because what we've got we've we had in our first couple of days 60 percent new bookers which is just delightful to hear wow. that people yeah. we people we've never known before have come to us with this piece that says so much and that's something to take away and but also when people have booked they've booked together so they've bought a ticket for them and their friends and and want to be together in this performance which i think often when we create work we're distributing it and broadcasting it out but what we're trying to start to shift is how we can get that togetherness between our performers and our audiences together and i think that's quite a profound shift so that's the start and that's what we're trying to start to experiment in and i think it we can't underestimate the fact that that's that's completely new for us and I'm, I'll be interested to see you know, where we where we go with that but we're certainly not giving you the answer what we're giving you is the start and I think that's important to say about the work that's a great place for us to stop is at the start so Sarah Sarah thank you so much for taking the time today I know that transatlantic uh, internet calls are, are sometimes <laughs> maddening but i'm i'm so glad that uh we recorded this conversation and uh, look forward to the next time we talk thank you once again i want to thank sarah ellis for being our guest on the show and i want to thank you for listening to the whole thing uh audio issues aside I'm particularly sensitive to audio issues because I've I've worked in audio for so long, and honestly, uh, <laughs> like, like I, I was scrolling through, uh, you know, from from the time to the opening. I do that often just to see, like, oh, is is that a thing? Do I need to fix that real quick? Um, and so I was catching bits. And I was like, oh, you know, this isn't so bad uh, compared. But you know, my the feeling of embarrassment I have when the audio even though we treat this like a busman's holiday and just sort of like, we turn on the microphones and we talk into them. Um, like Noah doesn't drive himself nuts doing like lots and lots of edits because that's what his actual instinct is to do. Um, the, uh, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the, the emotional equivalent of like going to work and then finding out you forgot your pants. So uh, wel- welcome to my, welcome to my, I'm wearing underwear, don't worry, but welcome to a day where Noah forgot, forgot his pants when he went into the office. That's, that's what that was. Uh, just on a big day, you know, just, it's only the Royal Shakespeare Company. It's not, it's not a big deal. <laughs> God. Um, you, you know, uh, <laughs> as I stumble through here to tell you what the Royal Shakespeare company means to me and, and why I'm, I'm so excited that they're in this space. I mean, look, uh, I was an actor first and foremost, like that's where I got my start in theater. Uh, that's what I began doing before I started doing tech stuff before I, you know, directed a couple of shows in college, you know, that kind of thing, uh, before I became whatever the hell it is I am now. Um, my, my first love remains, um, being on the boards and, um, 
just the 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 joy of the high wire act of of being in live theater. It's one of the things I love about immersive is that it it actually kind of condenses down that 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 panic attack you have that 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 panic dream about you know showing up to to the show to the performance like completely unrehearsed and without any lines and uh for me like immersive theater is that as as a feature not a bug right like imagine that you could live that panic dream except you're supposed to be doing that um that that's it at, at its most distilled form and you know, the Royal Shakespeare Company is the Royal Shakespeare Company. It is the thing every silly American actor, you know, knows they will they will never be good enough to be in. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And getting to, like, uh, you know, share space even in any capacity uh, with, with folks from the RSC is just uh, utterly delirious. And then you add into the fact that Sarah Ellis is fantastic. Um, uh, she, she's brilliant. Um, and I was so like the last, the last thing I went to before the pandemic, uh, you know, came down uh, functionally. The last thing was, uh, was Sundance last year. And I got to meet Sarah in person. Uh, and, uh, just, we just hit it off like instantly. This is like the, the fifth time we've talked and just, just, she's great and what they're doing is so cool and the fact that they're going to share what they've learned um that they're going to go through even the avenues they they didn't uh release in this version of it um so that the tools are out there so that the mistakes that were made um are, are sort of already made for you this is how the craft is furthered this is this is what it means like develop the legacy of the craft. And right now when we're in an era when everything is proprietary, when everyone wants, you know, credit for making the thing and to reap all the benefits of it, uh, or credit, you know, just for like showing up, um, to have the work be done and put out there and then the tools for the work be done and put into the commons where anyone can use it, where, it's not about, you know, it's not about the brand. It's not about any of that, but it's about who can do interesting stuff, who can make work, who can make even better work, who can stand on the shoulders of everyone else and then lift the next generation up. That's the point. That's what having a culture is supposed to be about not even supposed to be about that's what having a culture is and it's so exciting to have an institution like the rsc doing that in practice and and to have look i'll cop to it there are times when i'm like cranky about some of the stuff that epic games does and there's other times that i'm totally excited about the stuff Epic Games does. This is one of those times that I'm totally excited about what Epic Games is doing with the Unreal Engine. Uh, you should also check out what they've just unleashed with their MetaHuman creator, uh, which is this like uh, digital human creation tool that's like all slider based. It's kind of like the world's greatest video game character creator. Uh, it's going to really open up some possibilities for people. Um, and just the, the the moment we're at on the tech side of this stuff to deliver live performances, you know, through a digital medium 
in real time, um, it feels like all the pieces are there and people are starting to put them together. And there's some last mile stuff when it comes to getting stuff into the homes. But this is just, there's, there's, there's this vision of the future that, that could be assembled together here of live performance by theatrically trained performers in digital spaces that is being sent live to people around the world and that has an interactive audience feedback loop, right? And that's what the test is. Okay, that's what the test is coming up. That's what we're going to see a theory of that played out in real time next month. And we all get to be there to see it happen, which is just exciting. All right, I've enthused enough in our general direction. Um, we, uh, gosh, uh, there will probably, hopefully be, probably, hopefully, we are working on what our spring fling at the end of March, which will mark the anniversary of when the summit should have been. We're working on what that uh, is going to be. We're in conversations with folks right now. It's shaping up to be something quite different from what we've done before, and we're getting excited about it. Um, I have some like design documents I need to write and some phone calls I need to make. Uh, and then I'm hoping that we can make some announcements next week. That's what I was alluding to at the start. Uh, so we've got our next big um, community thing. Uh, for those of you who hang out in the Discord, uh, we are going to be uh, uh, the the midweek office hours that we've been doing. Uh, we're sunsetting those for now. Uh, we're not doing the lunch bunch uh, going forward. Uh, we are keeping happy hour on Fridays. Uh, this Friday, it's happening in uh, a special venue. So if you're a Patreon backer, uh, you, you got some notices on that and should have signed up. And uh, it, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, you know, check your email, you'll, you'll have your invite, um, which is literally what I'm going to do as soon as I turn this microphone off. So uh, let us do the credits, and then let me go get to the rest of the work, shall we? All right. Da-da-da-da-da. Um, no Persinium is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon backers, who you can join at patreon.com slash no Persinium, along with our sustaining backers, our rocks, upon which we build, build our church. Church? Church? One singular. <sighs> our sustaining backers, Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Sidney Guillory, Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Emily Gillette, Samuel Mustry, Brittany, and Elaine. Thank you so much. The music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. You can contact us. Uh, we are at nopersinium.com. Pitches at nopersinium.com is how you reach out to us for coverage of your show. If you're trying to get something reviewed, if you want something listed in our newsletters, etc., you should go to everythingimmersive.com. That is our self-service site where you can get things listed uh, and you know, crank that through there. Uh, Patreon.com slash nopersinium is how you help us out. We are at nopersinium on Twitter, at no underscore persinium on Instagram, and at nopersinium on the Book of Faces, where we also have the Everything Immersive Facebook group. I'm Noah Nelson, and I'm solely responsible for everything good and bad. <laughs> no, just the bad stuff. The good stuff, you did that. All right. Until next time, thank you for wearing the mask. Mm -hmm.